0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Hi, Jay. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I, I love listening to your show uh, on the podcast. Thank you.
2: I had a question for you as it relates to Visa, ticker symbol V,
0: and provides unbiased answers. It's
1: difficult to know when that darn thing is going to be weak enough to be attractive.
0: Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. Ticker R-O-K. It seems like it's a little overpriced,
3: as there are so many things right now.
0: Your participation makes it unique. Eight 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 ninety nine. 99 chart
4: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent Thinking. Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, March seventeenth, two thousand twenty-one, and of course, on this podcast, we talk about it every day: independent thinking and shared success. All about investing. All about trying to make our money grow. That's our mission statement to help you grow your money. So, and we do that by offering information you know that data that we have on our websites uh, data we pull from various pieces of software and our just knowledge of the market and we like to share it with you we want to educate you that's my, one of our main purposes of doing the show is the education so of course we don't we're not shying away from the fact that we also use the show as a marketing device but if you want to learn how to do it you can I get, it's not it's not that hard you just have to keep at it, you have to work at it, and you have to learn it. And I think it's quite fun to learn, personally speaking, and I don't mind sharing. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course I encourage you to give me a call. I encourage you to talk about your finances, your investment goals, your situations. All investment questions are welcome. All financial any time financial question is welcome. Do you can call and act or interact with me right now? We, all, we are live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And if you can't call during that hour, you can always call, leave a question, and we'll answer it. We'll do our best to answer on next question. Next program. I will tell you that we are getting more calls than, than, than we can fit in an hour. So we are trying our best to catch up and go as fast as we can. Our number. 888 99 chart and call right now. I'll be happy to talk to you. So let's go right to the questions. Here's one that came in earlier.
3: Hey, Stephen, Justin, Todd from Colorado here. Uh, I just had a question about uh, Motive Care Inc. for a long hold position. Michael Oscar Delta Victor. Looks like it was at a six month high around 182 and now around 150. Uh, I don't have anything in this space and I'm curious if this is a good position to own at this price or if there's a better target price thanks for all that you guys do and i uh, love the show have a good one
1: okay motive care inc thank you for calling holding the company for providers of non-emergency transportation services government-sponsored social services it is a two billion dollar company uh it makes money has made money for years and years and years and years and it's been making a lot of money in the recent three years it made six dollars and 65 cents in 2020 up from almost $2 before the year before. That's a huge gain. And then up 609 and then for 2021 and estimated $6.46 this year. Sounds like it feels like because of jumping earnings like that, feels like something happened dramatic like maybe an acquisition. I really can't tell, I got to go back in the news. It's a $144 stock going to make $6.46 a share. So it was a 20 or so No, 20, it's 160, so about 22, 23, somewhere in there. And that's in the middle of its range, 12 to 45. Very good return on equity, 27%. Doesn't pay a dividend, and it's a $2 $2 billion-sized stock. Uh, uh, Sales grew 4% in the most recent quarter, but the two quarters before that, they shrank, 18 and 22%. Not sure what that's all about. I would not say, and it has a pretty decent amount of debt, 118%. I would not say this is a very strong buy-and-hold kind of candidate. I would not say that. And I'd say it's not cheap enough to buy here, even though it's come down. I still don't think it's cheap enough to buy as a you know a, a decent uh, value stock. So I, I don't know if I would recommend Okay, so how did the market do today? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you that. What, my, what, my, what is my trivia question today? You know I do one at the half hour mark. Um, today d- deals with statistics about stock markets. Yes, markets, plural, more than one. Do You know how many there are in the world, by the way? So that's going to be in my trivia question. The market was up: $189 for the Dow, $54 for the Nasdaq, $11 for the S&P. But before the Fed came out with its announcement after they had their meetings, uh, the market wasn't this strong. So why did it get strong? Well, because the Fed said, well, "We're not going to do anything different, and we're going to keep this this way until we're pretty sure, very sure, that the economy is recovered." So all the thing, it didn't really change its verbiage from last time. And I do think there was a little concern that it might change their worries just a little bit, but they didn't. Okay? So you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasy. We're here moving through the third quarter, tra- third trading week of the March with the second quarter. With all the changes were, that are happening, it is important to remember that our goal of financial freedom always is the same. We will provide effective strategies if you want them. So we should talk about that. Your number is, our number is always the same. Your participation is important. 888 99 Charlie.
0: Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
1: 888 chart Let's talk to Jim in Seattle. Let's talk about his portfolio. Jim.
2: Hi, Steve. Um, yeah, I'm uh, kind of slowly building a portfolio, and I have a couple um, real good gold stocks. And uh, what I'm curious about is uh, um, are these you see a, a gold stock as a core a, a core
1: holding something that I'm I'm going to probably want to hold on to long term well i i personally my, my personal belief is no i'm not holding on to any gold positions for long term but of course it will depend on your definition of long term mine is like 10 15 20 years um, so for me it's no but if it but gold is a pretty defensive kind of play so, yeah, you know, I'm buying it because I think inflation's coming, and I think that gold's going to rise, and I think the dollar's going to go down. That will push gold. That's why I'm buying. it. But at a certain point, I'm going to say, okay, that that's over with. So, uh, I'm holding it for just that length of time. That might be a couple of years. But as far Sorry. as forever, go ahead.
2: Point, at what point do you think? Um, what what are the signals that? The signal, okay,
1: it's probably time to get out of gold. Well, it's hard for me to tell you that, but I will say this. When I think inflation has run its course, I will get out. I won't wait for gold to, you know, say, be at a certain price. I don't know what it's going to be. But I'll look at the other factors. Um, You know, uh, maybe when our economy starts to roll over and go into recession, when I see that coming, I might get out of gold. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't tell you. I just can't tell you. But those are the kinds of things I'll be looking at. Just appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Jim. I really appreciate it. My focus point today concerns a question, is the stock market afraid of the Fed? We'll talk about that. Let's go to Gina in Chicago. Talk about her 401K. Hi, Gina.
2: Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, so it's Tina from Chicago. I'm... Um, I was just sort of listening to your podcast, can't say enough good things about it. And I actually had a question about my 401k and my stock portfolio. So listening to your podcast, it seems like there's a high likelihood inflation is coming and it's going to be happening. So do you have any tips on what I should be setting my 401k and my stock portfolio? I know in one of your previous episodes, you recommended that if you're younger and in your late 30s, you should set your 401k split evenly between mid, small, large cap growth. And some international do you still feel that way with the changing market and then even for my stock portfolio should i be um trying to sell any of my growth stocks or kind of write it out or should i be using any dips that may be coming up to buy more growth stocks
1: okay very good questions um i think growth has i think growth is finally going to hand off the baton to value stocks so I, would probably, I wouldn't necessarily get out of all my growth, but I would mix in some value stocks. In other words, small, mid, large value, and I'd probably be more interested in the mid and large value. I think they'll do better. And I don't know in your 401K if you have any other choices. I like materials, commodities. There, there's been some articles out there that we might be heading into a commodity super cycle, which means commodity prices will be going up for the next 10 years or more. So, you know, trying to take advantage of that might be a good idea. In your individual stocks, okay, it depends on what you have, but if they're good, solid companies, I don't care if they're growth or value, and they're making money, they're still growing, you hold on to them, especially if you're young. You might go through a, ver- a cycle, but, Gina, I've learned over the years it's never a good idea just to get out just because, you know, Mm-hmm. That's just is not a good idea. It's better just to stay in the market. So that's what I would suggest. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Gina. So let's uh let's keep pace. Let's keep going. Uh, here comes an IPO question that came in earlier. Eight eighty eight ninety nine chart.
2: Hi, my name is Zach. I'm a relatively new listener. I've been working in freelance investments for a few years now. I was interested in what your thoughts are on the Bumble IPO and where you think that company is going to go in the next year or two as far as if that's going to be a stock that's worth holding on to long or if there are any other dating app websites that are public that might be worth taking a look at. And just that whole scene, like investing in dating apps, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think their value is, if their value will hold, if they're worth looking at at all specifically the bumble thanks and i'm loving the show bye
1: okay bumble bmbl is a symbol it's very new i mean we're talking about a stock that came out in uh, february ipo initial public offering so it's brand new you know i think about ipos you should wait six months or more before you even consider buying them why because the uh the 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 company owners, the ones who started the company, the ones who are the founders, they get to sell their stock six months after the IPO. So there's a lot of downward pressure in prices on IPOs after six months. And that's not true for all companies, but most of them – will trade below their IPO price after six months. This company is going to make a penny a share this year and then $0.38 a share next year. They're growing 20 30% in sales every quarter, in the recent three or four quarters. It's a $72 stock. That should tell you that it's really, really, really expensive. If they're going to make $0.38, a 20 PE, which is, uh, let's give it a 30 PE. That means it's a $6, $6 $7 stock. So you're talking about a P that's hundreds. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so it's way, way too expensive to even consider. That was Bumble. BMBL, everybody. 888 99 chart. Did you see um, retail sales? I don't know if uh, Justin mentioned it yesterday, but retail sales fell 3% for February, while it was up 7.6% in January. And if you took out autos, it still fell 2.7%, and without autos, up 8.3% in January. So what happened? Well, the stimulus checks that we got, they got back in December, November, December, from Trump, money was spent in January. Now, February, all of a sudden, money's drying up, and we just – and Biden – just passed uh, the, the new stimulus package, so you're going to see in march a march of jumping retail sales again. What we need to find out is what is it going to be like after we get all this money and after we finally get over COVID with the vaccine out there. That's what we really need to know. And we won't know that for months, for months. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021. And we know there will be many changes ahead. So naturally, you will have finance and investing questions. That's what we're here for. We are taking our, all your calls live, 888-99-CHART.
4: And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue-chip companies, as compared to share prices, or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get? Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk,
0: 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, so why is the stock market afraid of the Fed? Can you answer that question? Why uh, the stock market itself would be afraid of the Federal Reserve? It's a, you probably know, because you're, if you're listening to this show, we've talked about it before. What can the Federal Reserve do to scare the stock market? Well, it goes back to all about interest rates. The Federal Reserve will raise rates to slow down the economy, to kill inflation. What does that do to, the, to corporate profits? What does that do to the economy if it slows down? What does that do to corporation profits? And then, of course the stock market always looks ahead. Investors look ahead three, six months, a year down the road and say, oh gosh, the, the Fed's gonna raise rates. I'm gonna get rid of my stocks because that'll slow down the earnings for the companies. And, and, and so it's a self-fulfilling you know, philosophy they have, you know, looking out ahead. That's why the stock market is afraid of the Fed. Now, do you know the Federal Reserve does not control interest rates? Did you know that? people think that they do they do not they only control one interest rate and that's called the overnight rate the rate that, the interest rate that about a money that the federal reserve loans to banks and right now that, they haven't changed that rate long long time it's almost zero okay so they haven't changed that rate so then why does the federal reserve raise rates why do the other rates go up the other rates are all driven by you know, market forces, you know, supply and demand kind of thing. Okay, so why does other rates go up? Because if the Fed is raising its overnight rate to the banks, the banks tend to pass that rise on to consumers. They don't have to. For instance, interest rates are rising. Your mortgage rate has gone up. And the mortgage rate has gone up in the last few weeks. Why? The Fed hasn't changed anything. It hasn't said they're going to change anything. Why? There's fear out there. What would the fear be? I think the fear might be related to inflation. They're fearful of inflation. Now, being fearful of inflation doesn't mean it's actually going to happen, but it certainly makes everybody nervous. Let's go to Justin in Stockton, California. I want wants to talk about gold. Justin. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. And
2: I just... I've been thinking about gold for a little while because it doesn't seem to me that the fundamental backdrop and the technicals are matching up. And I know everybody wants to talk about interest rates, um, but in the long term, I mean, interest rates have been falling for like 30 years, and gold has at times dipped and has at times come up. And I know that gold in the long term is a slow mover, um, and I don't I don't know... Uh, you know, I've been thinking about the technical pattern—a a big, like, long-term cup and handle. If you if you look at it on right. a weekly chart and pull back really far, it kind of looks like it. And I just—I also suspect that Bitcoin. A lot of people, especially you know, retail investors who, I mean, maybe gold is a little bit harder to access. Actually, it's a lot harder to access. Um, that a lot of people maybe are buying into Bitcoin, and that maybe that's part of the reason why gold is staying down. But I don't know. The way I see awesome. it is. Something this week, or this week, this year, I think, is going to be a catalyst that will just launch gold out of what I think is a cup and handle. And I just wanted to know what you thought about that, um, thinking from a long-term perspective.
1: Okay. Thanks for the question. It's very good. First of all, let's talk about the interest rate you mentioned. It's been going down 30 years. The cycle of interest rate is about 30 years. 30 years down, 30 years up. 30 years down, 30 years up. At least that's what some of the studies have been showing. So we're now at the bottom of the, we believe, and we have been at the bottom for several years. So I think we're 35, 37 years as it's going down. Let's see, what is it, 2020, 19? yeah, I think nineteen. Was it, 1980, 85, when it peaked? You know, when we had huge inflation and the interest rates peaked? Was it in the early 80s? I think so. So that's when it peaked before. So now we're probably, close, might even be close to 25, 30 years. I mean, 35, 40 years. I mean, you know, it's possible. I, I, I you know, so, um, so we're at the end of a downward spiral cycle, and we're probably starting an uh, upward cycle. And it could last that long, too. As far as uh, gold, I do think there's going to be some kind of catalyst as well. I'm agreeing with you on here. I'm not sure what it'll be. But most people think it's gonna be inflation. Doesn't have to be inflation, but most people think it could be inflation. It could be just a weak dollar, you know, that drives it. Drives inflation, and then that drives gold. The weaker the dollar goes, the more gold prices go up. So it's hard, or it could be a war. It could be something really scary out there between some countries. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's always some kind of. I think there's going to be something that happens, and I have a feeling the odds are that it'll be gold. It'll be inflation. Justin, appreciate the call. Thank you. eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Everybody, I think it's safe to assume that everyone listening to Invest Talk knows what a stock market is, but do you know some of the statistical back data associated with the markets? So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. What is the total market capitalization of equity backed securities worldwide, and how many stock exchanges are there in the world? I'll have the answer right after break. 888 99 Chart.
3: Just wondering what your thoughts are
2: on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat
4: boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART.
5: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
0: For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk.
1: 99 charts So I have a trivia question, as I mentioned before the break. Uh, what is the total market capitalization of equity-backed securities worldwide? Total equity market worldwide. And how many stock exchanges are there out there? Okay, first, a stock exchange is an ex- is a place, an exchange, where stockbrokers and traders can buy and sell shares, equity stocks, bonds, and other securities. Many large companies have their stock listed on a stock exchange. This makes the stock more liquid and thus more attractive to many investors. The total market capitalization of equity-backed securities worldwide rose 2.5 trillion in 1980 to 68.65 trillion at the end of 2018. As of December, December 31st, 2019, one year later, the the total market capitalization of stocks worldwide about 70.7 trillion. As of 2016, there were 60 stock exchanges worldwide. Six zero. Of these, there are 16 exchange, exchanges with a market capitalization of one trillion or more. So the rest of the 60 are pretty small. Okay. So one trillion or more, and they account for 87 percent of the global market capitalization. The 16. Now other than australia securities exchange other than australia securities exchange the 16 changes are all in north america europe or asia by country the largest stock market as of january 2020 of course would be united states uh, and it's 54.5% they have 54.5% of the world stock market exchanges of stocks capitalization The next biggest one, Japan, 7.7%. The next one after that, United Kingdom at 5.1%. Those are interesting facts, huh? I think they are. Let's go to O'Shea in St. Louis. O'Shea. Yes, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. All right, yeah, I was just calling to ask about
2: iClean. Uh, iShares Global Clean Energy ETF. Kind of a two-part question, so... I got in a while back at around 17, and uh, I'm I plan to hold it long term. I definitely like the cause of clean energy, but one of their top um, weighted holdings is Plug Power, which just had that uh, blip in the news about an um, error in their in their numbers for the last two years. So it Ugh. sent their stock down, and so I was just curious. You know, I, I do want to hold what I have but I'm looking to get more. And so I see that it's kind of holding the support around 23. Um, but with the new news about plug and how much is weighted, do you think it's a good to just hold off to see if it drops more before I try to add more to my, um, to my current position?
1: I, I think you should. Because it's fallen, you know, for, we're just going by the chart, okay? I can't tell you the fundamentals because they own a bunch of companies and, you know, you just can't tell. Uh, I, I do like the space. And for everybody else, ICLN, iShares S&P uh, Clean Energy uh, ETF, uh, and it's seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Global Clean Energy Index. So it's got a bunch of companies in it, and you know, you you know, uh, Oshay, that there's going to be companies that are, that are going to go under in this space because there's just there's just it's a a brand new space expanding fast, and there's going to be a lot of people getting into it that. It's just going to be a lot of uh, happenings, a lot of volatility. Um, it topped around 34. came all the way down to 22, and now it's at 24. I think you want to see if it holds the 20 to 22 area. If it goes back and tests that and bounces again up, that's where I would be a buyer, a second bounce up. Okay? Just just thank you for calling, That's just reading the chart, looking at the chart, which charts tend to be true. They're not always true. It's not science; it's kind of an art. Let's go to Trent in Long Beach. He wants to talk about dividends. Trent. Hey, Steve. Um, I had a question for you about dividends. If
2: I have, a, if I own Royal Dutch Shell in a, a mutual fund or an ETF,
1: and they claim um, they pay a, a dividend, do I get that, or do you have to own the stock individually? No, the dividend will come into if if, if uh, do you own it in your four one k or I, is that what you said? No, you own I, the company. I own it. I own, I own it in my Calpers um in my deferred compensation four five seven plan at work. Okay, so it's in the four fifty seven, and you own the individual stock in that four fifty seven.
0: Um, I, I
1: I own a, I own a, a mutual fund. I to Okay. D V I B L X. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens if it if you own a mutual fund that owns <laughs> this stock, the money goes into the mutual fund. Okay. okay.
5: So it doesn't okay. come
1: to you individually. Only if you own an individual stock, with the money come to you directly individually. So the mutual fund will collect dividends, and they'll decide what they want to buy with those dividends. They may buy more Royal Dutch, they may buy some other stock, but the dividends go into the into the into the pot of the mutual fund okay Uh, so whoever whatever stocks you own in a mutual fund that pays dividends it really doesn't come to you directly it goes into the pot only if you own individual stock trent thanks for the call i appreciate that we're setting a brisk pace today so let's go straight back to invest talk voice bank question from 888-99-CHARGE
3: hey guys this is robbie from virginia thanks and Justin for all you guys do really appreciate it I've learned an invaluable amount of information listening to one of y'all's podcast as of what two three days ago you were talking about statistics from a McKinsey research article and one of the things you talked about was the uh, a lot of executives or CEOs are looking into automation for their industrial line and in within their company so I started doing a little research on my own and I found One particular company that seemed interesting to me, Rockwell Automation, ticker ROK. It seems like it's a little overpriced, as are so many things right now, but just wanted y'all's opinion on the company. And if it is a go, at what point would y'all be looking to get in? Thanks.
1: Automation. Rockwell is a big company, it is a $30 billion company, manufactures motors, industrial automation control, and power systems. And in information architecture and that industry is just gonna grow, everybody. It's not gonna shrink, it's gonna to continue to grow. They make good money, they always have made good money, they've been a strong stock for a long, long, long time. They're gonna make eight dollars and ninety two cents a share this year, they're gonna make nine dollars and fifty cents a share next year, and it is overpriced. Two hundred and sixty one dollars and fifty cents stock price. 261 dollars gonna make nine fifty. Okay, so that means the PE is around thirty. Their five-year range of their PE, 13 to 34. So it's right at the top of its PE range. It's a great company. That's no doubt. There's no doubt it's a great company. So what would be a good buy point? Well, if it was me and I wanted to get into this, it pays a 1.5% dividend. I would probably, it has a great return on equity, 126%. I would rather see you buy it in the 220 area, 230, because there should be support there. But these are the kind of stocks you really, really want to buy in a recession because they get crushed in a recession. But recession is pretty far up right now. Yeah, Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Hi, Jay. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I, I love listening to your
2: show uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Um, I had a question for you as relates to Visa, ticker symbol V. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Uh, Just kind of your thoughts. I mean, I was surprised when I did my own research that over the last 10 years, it's only had, I think it was between 14 and 18 down months, month over month, if that makes sense. And its average annual return is 30%. Is there a good buy point, and are you long on this? And if so, if it were you, what would a good buy point be, or doesn't even matter when you're looking at something like that?
1: Well, it's Visa. Uh, Visa is a $223 stock. It's going to make $6.91 $6. a share next year, and that means that the P.E. is like in the 40s, okay? And it's been around a long time. It's so consistent, Jay. That's why... It kind of deserves a pretty high DPE because it's consistently consistently makes more and more and more money. I mean, every year. I mean, it went down from, last year, it went down from 540 to 504 per share. Then, of course, this year it's gonna make 551, then 691 next year. So it's difficult to know when that darn thing is going to be weak enough to be attractive. So you can't do that. I would say try to buy it around $200 a share because uh, that's where there's lots of support because it, it doesn't go up in a straight line. It does it goes up in waves, but that wave is always seems to be higher than the one before. And this is another one that you it, you do better buying in recession, but as I said before, we're not facing one for a while. So wait. I just wait for a pullback and just get into it, put it in the drawer, and don't think about it anymore. Just hold, just hold it. Thank you, Jay. I'm Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. It is now official. We have crossed over 30 million podcasters. I really appreciate that, guys. 30 million downloads so far. And, uh, you know, we're getting more and more questions. It's getting difficult to answer all the questions because there's so many of them. But we try to do that with our, you know, with our special programs that we, rapid fire hour, we call it. That, so we'll continue to do that. We really will. And of course, the biggest place we have, biggest country here is United States that listens to our podcast, but it's all over the world. We appreciate that. Just and I thank you very much. Um, and of course you are welcome to call our KPP financial offices in Irvine California. We will help you. We want to help you. We really do. For now our phone lines are open 88899 chart.
0: There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank, and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com.
1: Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888 99 We're going to go talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. Jerry.
2: How are you doing today?
1: I am actually doing pretty good. Thank you for the call, and thank you for your question.
2: Good to hear. Hey, my wife and I are both educators and contribute monthly, obviously. Um, I am hoping to retire in nine years, and her, it's 11 or 12. My son will be done with private school, so I'm going to have some extra money, and I want to contribute more. Does it make sense to contribute more to mine or hers?
1: Let me ask you this. Are you guys uh, going to get pensions?
2: Yes.
1: Okay, so you both have pensions. Okay, then I would say contribute to the person who's going to work the longest, so that would be hers. Okay. That's okay, because far. the pension's going to pay you guys got a guaranteed income coming in, so you just need to grow the, the excess money. It's, Fast and as long as possible, and since you know you have that guaranteed income, I I try to put as much away as I can before you know you guys both start taking your pensions. That would be my my suggestion. You know, of course, uh, uh, Mark. Uh, I mean uh, Jerry. Other people might give you a different suggestion, so you might want to talk to your accountant. But that's what I would do. I would try to keep growing the money. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Mark and Hayward. How you doing, Mark? I'm well. How are you? I am well also, and thank you for the call.
3: Yeah, I was curious about uh, Garmin, uh, GRMN, what you thought about that stock.
1: Okay, Garmin, everybody. Garmin Limited manufactures and markets handheld portable fixed-mounted GPS systems for automotive and outdoor marine fitness. I was worried about Garmin not not being able to survive when cell phones came out and they started to have the, the GPS in the cell phones and the, and the mapping systems in their cell phone, figuring, well, gee, what's Garmin going to do about that? But they were able to survive, and not only survive, but thrive. So to me, that indicates good management. They saw problems ahead, competition ahead, and they moved, and they did things they needed to do. Garmin is going to make more money next year than he did last year. Or the year before, the year before that, and they're going to make five dollars and eighty-seven cents next year per share. It's a hundred twenty-six dollars stock, so you're looking at uh, what, uh, twenty-five PE ish, twenty-five PE. Return equity is very good at nineteen percent. Their five-year range of PE is thirteen to twenty-six, so they're at the top of their range. So my belief is you got to wait for a pullback. It's already made a nice run. Sales are growing 23% this most recent quarter, 19% the quarter before they shrunk in June quarter because of COVID. But they were averaging 15 to 20% growth before that. So uh, it's a good, strong company at this point. Management owns 22%, Mark. You don't think they're focused on making sure their company's successful when the management owns that much of the company—a $24 billion company. You know they're pretty focused, so I, I like the company. But you're going to have to wait for it. For me, I would wait for it to get, you know, get a much more reasonable price, maybe in the uh, 95 to $100 area. It's at 126 now. Okay, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We've been saying that for years, and it still is the same. And of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in, 888-99-CHART.
0: Have you heard about allies? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
4: Hi guys, Uh, hey, I've got hooked on your uh, program. Listen to it while I ride my bike. This is Mike from uh, Carlsbad. I'm old to investing, new to doing it myself. I set aside some money and g- jumped into the market via TD Ameritrade. And promptly I bought seven stocks, promptly got stopped out of four at 8% loss. So what I'm looking for is some uh, guidance as to determining a buy entry point using either 50-day moving or Bollinger Bands. Again, I know just enough to be dangerous, but I'm uh, looking for some guidance here. Thank you.
1: Okay, Mike, um, just so you know, we might have crossed each other's paths on our bicycles. I ride my bike three to five times a week down the coast from San Juan, Capistrano, and Carlsbad, the next big city past Camp Belton. So we're not that far apart. Kind of interesting. Anyways, entry points. Entry points are always tricky. They're not always easy. You hear us talk about them on the radio all the time. You, for entry points, we use charts, charting. And there's a good program, a decent program out there called uh, StockCharts.com. Gives you free charting. You load up a one-year, uh, one-year chart and then put in some moving averages and then look for what we call support lines. In other words, uh, simply put, a support line is where the stock tends to stop falling. And reverses back up that now what they are representing anytime a stock has gone in the past year where there's been trading at a certain price and then jumps up many times it will come back to that certain price later on and test it and go back up or break through and go down if you see it tested it and start back up that's an entry point you can also use moving averages a 200 day moving average is a one-year long-term moving average. If a stock goes down to a 200-day moving average and holds and starts up, buy point. You know, so there's different different things to look for. I might suggest you getting a, a book on charting. Our website have lots of books listed there. Get one on charting, and I would use candlestick charts. There's so much into it. You mentioned Bollinger Bands. There's Relative Strength Indicators. There's MACD, Moving Average, Convergence, and Divergence Indicators. There's, I oh, don't know, R-Squared, Williams-Squared. There's so many of them. You have to settle on one that makes you comfortable. And I tr- I would suggest you try to keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Okay, let's squeeze in one more talk Caller question. He comes out of Long Beach.
2: Hi, Stephen Justin, and... Love your show. Thanks for all the great info. This is Ara from Long Beach. I'm calling about the company Fuel Cell, F-C-E-L. Wanted to get your opinion on it.
1: Thank you. Okay, Fuel Cell Energy. It is a $5 billion company. Manufactures stationary fuel cells worldwide for commercial industrial government utility customers. Okay? They don't make money. So I don't like it. Haven't made money for years. Why would I want to buy a stock that doesn't make money? So I would stay away from it. Uh, they have sales, but sales have been going down. I mean, two, two years ago, uh, there's, there's sales in the 2 year ago quarter in July with $22 million. This last July, 18. This most recent quarter, 14. That's million. What? Well, yeah, that's not good enough. No, stay away from it, has negative cash flow, has debt. There's absolutely no reason to buy it, so don't buy it. Okay? F-C-E-L. Okay, did you know that uh, IRS has postponed by 30 days tax date? So it's not going to be April 15th. Taxes are no but not due April 15th. Taxes are due May 15th. They get an extra whole month. Did you know that? No, so I thought that was that was good news for everybody. So you don't have, you're not under pressure. I I usually wait till the last month, April first is when I start doing my taxes. So doesn't hurt me. Now I wait till May first. I'm okay with that. Okay, eight eight eight. Well, I guess we're done. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Jessica Klein and I thank you for listening, and we thank you very much for being with us and encouraging other people to listen. Thank you. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, and it doesn't seem like enough just to say thank you. But I do appreciate it. Now we post a new program every day right after the show, as you know. So it ends here at five o'clock. You'll see this one posted right after. So get free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. Make sure you can. You, make sure you rate us. I would like to know what you think. Would be helpful. Independent thinking, share success. This is the Best Talk. Have a great night, everybody.